Can you imagine a magical world? A magical world. A magical world filled with elves and fairies and pixies and sprites. Whose only job is to make people happy. They want to see you smile. And laugh. And sing. And dance a little. These elves and fairies and pixies and sprites suddenly appear. When the junk in your life disappears. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. We make junk disappear. All you have to do is point. There. You did it. Now you can see the elves and fairies and pixies and sprites. The dogs and cats that crawl onto your lap and take a nap. The babies that look at you and smile. The delivery people that tell you to have a wonderful day. The neighbors that wave whenever they see you. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Invite us to your house. We'll only be there a few minutes. And then you'll look at babies and smile. And tell delivery people to have a wonderful day. And wave at your neighbors whenever you see them. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.com. Register today for University of Maryland's Summer Session and keep learning. Earn credits and move fearlessly forward towards graduation. For details, visit summer.umd.edu. Millions of despairing men, women, and little children. Victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and seed to the far corners of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization. Most of the people in here are just your reflections. They're your mistakes. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. One million of the planet's eight million species are threatened. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Your lives and the credibility of the United Nations is at stake. Epstein didn't kill himself. The reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization. They're trying to take you out with bullshit. The experience of the past two years has proven beyond doubt that no nation can appease the Nazis. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. In the language of the U.S. Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena. Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. Uh, there is very compelling evidence that we, uh, we may not be alone. This is the Garden of Doom. Welcome everyone into Garden of Doom, but this week I don't really think it's Garden of Doom. I think this week it's more like Garden of Dude, because our guest is Reverend Gal Gary M. Sylvia, who I've been told just to call him Gary, but he is an ordained minister, reverend, of the, the Church of Dudism, which, you know, when I first saw it, I'm like, is that Dudaism, Dudaism? Like, what, 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 what kind of mysticism is that that I haven't heard of? Is, is that an offshoot of, of Islam or something? And it's like, no, nah, this, this is 
you know, sort of from the Big Lebowski. So it's a it's a religion recognized, founded in 2005 and recognized as a religion. And the philosophies are those, well, as Gary put it, the their mythology is the Big Lebowski or, or the Big Lebowski was inspired by their mythology. But I'm going to stop trying to describe something that I am very much an amateur on and watched all of four YouTube videos on and read a couple of... Uh, cyber pages about i'm going to let the man himself d discuss it so gary reverend reverend sylvia thank you for being on garden of doom and today it's garden of dude you're going to take over how are you today i'm good jeff nice to meet you how's it going it's going well it's nice to meet you as well um so yeah i guess tell us about dudism okay uh well dudism started by Oliver Benjamin in about 2005 in Thailand. He was watching The Big Lebowski and just dawned on him that the dude, the character, was living a certain Taoistic sort of philosophy. And, you know, the whole premise of the movie is that he gets knocked off that philosophy and then he has a bad time until he can get back into his abiding ways at the end and get back to his normal, happy, joyous life of bowling and joints. <laughs> so, sort of like the non-hero's journey. Exactly. He just had to come back to where he should have start, stayed when he began. And the whole movie is based on the fact that he didn't just have his rug cleaned. Yeah, and, and uh, it's almost like John Wick. He shouldn't have killed his dog, but uh, but not at right. all. But he, he picked a strange, I mean, I guess when you're the dude, you don't, you don't judge anyone, but he, you know, the, the, the John Goodman character was anything but dude-like. Well, you know, it's a uh, yin and yang. You often find, uh, people, we actually find that the yin and yang are Walter and Donnie and the dude is the amalgam of the two. So you got the passive, and the aggressive, but when you find the balance, you're the dude between passion and aggression, passiveness and aggression. So where most religions, you start with fire and ice, or air and water, or, or chaos and order, or good and evil, and out comes basically multiples of the same thing to recycle itself over and over again. You know, gods be, you know, marrying giants and spawning giants and other gods and killing their fathers and, you know, and then doing rape and horrible other things and, you know, and sending their chosen ones into deserts for 40 years. This is just like out of the, you know, the two conflicting, like the best parts come out and you just get, you just, you go to the mellow. Yeah, you, you abide, you roll with it. You know, uh, Walter convinces him to go after his rug to solve this injustice that he could have just ignored. You know, because of that, you know, all sorts of hijinks and chaos ensue. Whereas he could have just had his rug cleaned and there'd be no movie, but <laughs> <laughs> he would have been happier. And, you know, he wouldn't have gotten caught up with all these pornographers and heiresses and, you know, everybody nihilist all trying to harm him or control him or move him around the way they want when he was unmovable before it was only clinging to the materialism of the rug that dragged him down and gave him a bad time i think we must just because we can't assume everyone saw the big lebowski i saw it recently so what what in essence is 
the general plot line and story arc of the Big Lebowski if we can do it in three or four minutes or you know or less. Yeah, let me see if I can back this up. Yeah, uh, uh, happy-go-lucky hippie stoner is hanging out, and a case of mistaken identity, some goons bust into his house looking for the another guy who shares the same name, Jeff Lebowski, and they try and shake him down for money. Realize they have the wrong guy because he's obviously not rich and they're looking for some rich dude. So in their frustration, they pee on his rug as like, ah, screw you, buddy. <laughs> and when he brings this injustice up to his aggressive friend, his friend convinces him he, he deserves to be reimbursed. So he confronts the rich dude who they were looking for, the other Jeffrey Lebowski. And... That doesn't go well. He, he, it's a conflict of cultures. And so he decides to self-help and steals a rug from the Big Lebowski, essentially, just by fraud. And then, uh, that's, which is the one weird thing in the movie that we always have a touch on. And then, uh, so yeah, he's got his rug, but then the Big Lebowski decides, hey, here's a patsy to make a payment in a, kidnapping ransom scheme that there's three different parties playing three different angles and so he becomes a bag man that goes awry so now he's looking for the money that he lost and runs into other characters and it just snowballs out of proportion from there and in the end he doesn't get his rug back but he gets back his calm abiding ways after learning some hard lessons along the way yeah now it's I don't know any... modeled on a noir film from the 50s, like an old-timey detective movie, but the Coen brothers asked, well, what if it was a stoner (laughs) from L.A. instead of Humphrey Bogart? Yes, and this is is Jeff Bridges at his finest. Um, Absolutely. I don't know anybody who doesn't like The Big Lebowski. I know a lot of people who love The Big Lebowski. Um... So anyway, it's kind of famous. John Goodman sort of is a giant and Steve Buscemi sort of, you know, that doesn't look like a regular person, you know, elvish sort of, but almost like dark elvish kind of. Um, so so I, I don't think the, the casting is entirely by accident either. So I don't I just want to give people a little background on the movie itself because it sounds like it actually did inspire what became a religion. How does an idea of a guy in Thailand who obviously has a westernized name, um, how does this turn into something that's actually recognized as a religion? Well, it, it, there was several things happening simultaneously. It, Ollie wasn't the only one to recognize this. Uh, there's actually uh, a Zen Buddhist leader in, that was in the U.S., Bernie Glassman, who also saw this. Just the, It's in there when you know what you're seeing. There's a little spark of something in the dude's character that's Zen. It's almost pure Zen, pure Taoist Zen. And he also saw it. So he began working on some Cohen's. He ran into Jeff Bridges and they formed a friendship. He became Jeff Bridges' Zen master. They also wrote a book, The Dude and the Zen Master. So we weren't the only ones recognizing what was going on here. Uh, so Ollie just saw that spark of Zen that Taoist Zen, the abiding calm that was hidden just under the surface of what's going on in the dude's life. And so 
as Bernie Glassman did, Oliver did. He applied non-theistic, Buddhist, Taoist principles, you know, Epicureanism, to this character and teased out the qualities that were there. And what it reveals is a sort of Lao Tzu Buddha character, but for our time and place. You know, this is how, you know, an unknown Buddha would be wandering through the story of someone's life. You, you never know where to find you. You're going to find a prophet. I mean, they're not all wandering out of deserts in what we call the Middle yeah. East. Um, you listed a bunch of names there, and they're probably familiar to most people in passing, but who, who are, who's Epicurus? Who, who's, who's Lao Tzu? Okay, Lao Tzu, about 2,500 years ago, he is a character that may or may not have existed that left 81 verses of pure wisdom that became known as the Tao Te Ching, which is pretty much the second most uh, published book in the world. And then uh, Epicurus, about the same time, but in Western philosophy, he was uh, taking platonic philosophies, but going in a new direction, and he came up with uh, ethical hedonism, which is, you know, kind of how I describe Judaism as an absurdist ethical hedonism. But ethical hedonism, where you, you're mindful of ethics, but you're also do it. The only reason to do it is for the ultimate, you know, for to share, create, and enjoy joy, you know, to make basically uh, whatever creates the most flourishing and joy for the greatest number of beings while not needlessly harming any would be like the simplest boiled down explanation of ethical hedonism that okay. I know Okay, so it's sort of like poison, you know, uh, all I want is a good time except don't hurt anyone in, in, in the process. Well, yeah, it's also like getting a shot. Yeah, getting a shot sucks. I don't want to do it, but in the long run, it's better for me. It's, you know, it's more hedonistic to actually suffer the shot because you'll get more joy through health or like exercise or you know, anything that's good for you that you don't want to do. And also, it also explains that. It also says that not all good things are worth having. Like if, if it's going to cost me my wife and kids to have this extra $100,000 raise, is it really worth it? Is the money really going to make me happy? Or would the people make me? It's about really figuring out what's going to make you happy in an ethical way and then pursuing that instead of the things that are just illusory happiness. You know, like, oh, I got to, you know, materialism is an endless cycle. As soon as you get what you were wanting, you want the next thing. As soon as you get that Harley that you always wanted, now, now the wanting's gone. Now you need to want something else and there's no real satisfaction. Just keep moving on. Granted, you may have great satisfaction from having a motorcycle that you can ride. and it, It's about balance. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody's going to want the same things. And not everybody's going to be made happy by the same things. But it's about paying attention to that. We still know Epicurus is also the, the one who actually came up with communes in the ancient world. Yeah. And it was a hugely popular movement. It spread all around the Mediterranean, and they set up communes 
like all around the Mediterranean, and they're still there. They're actually called monasteries now. When Christianity took over, they took over all the communes, kicked the girls out, and turned them into monks. And that's what an Epicurean commune would have been like if there were like if it were more ethical and egalitarian. You know, a bunch of people living in the same place, doing simple life, but a happy, simple life, and probably making a lot of beer or wine. So, <laughs> like kibbutzes are sort of like that. But that Epicureanism was huge, and until until like just around zero BCE, you know, thirty two or thirty seven ADE or whatever. ACE, that's when it was started to wipe out because the Christians just took over all those communes, turned them into nuns and monks, and you know, said, oh, yeah, it's the same idea. That's why I like San Francisco, you know, Franciscan monks, San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> Franciscan monks seem really happy. It's because their tradition goes all the way back to Epicurus in 500 BCE. I've never done a compare and contrast on monks before. All I know is the Gregorian monks seem to have the coolest chants. Um, and Tibetan monks have the, the best uh, throats singing. Um, beyond, beyond that, that's about the end of my knowledge of, of monks, unless yeah. you talk about warrior monks, and then, then there's a whole yeah mythos on that. Yeah, that, that, that sounds more like a D&D character, I know. Well, you got Friar Tuck, you have the Templars, you know, stuff like that. And then Shaolin, you know, every Kung Fu movie ever made. But, oh, yeah. but, but we digress. Um, or I do. Uh, but that, you know, I meander. The Garden of Doom is, is wide and then is known to have portals in it that take you into strange places. But we're going we're gonna to try to avoid avoid those, say, though, the, the, the flora may be very pleasing. So, um, so let's talk about some of the tenets of Judaism beyond what you've what you've already said. I mean, I, I think you've already said that there's not really an actual godhead. Yeah, no, there's no god, no metaphysics at all. Our uh, founding myth is an intentional fiction. Yeah, we're not we're not convinced that dude actually lived or it came down from some special place to talk to us and reveal things. No, it's Jeff Bridges played a character in a movie. It's, <laughs> right. it's a story. Relax. Yeah. So yeah, non-theistic, non-metaphysical. We call it the uh, power of realistic thinking. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's a lifestyle. It's uh, a mindfulness-based lifestyle. I mean, if you think like your dudeist friend is cool, but it'd be cooler if he had a beer. That's us, <laughs> pretty much, you know? Yeah, it's like that uh, modern world, modern tech, and all this, and we got to live with it, so we're kind of like Buddhist monks, but we're not. We're out here doing our thing. Uh, the beach bum full of wisdom is a perfect dude example. It's yeah. not anti-religion, though. I mean, you said you, know, you, you could be, you know, a Christian yeah, and a dude. Not, you could be, what a, you know, a Muslim and a dude. It's, it doesn't matter to us. Yeah, it's not atheistic. Atheistic says there is no God. We're non-theistic. We're, we're not asking the question. Yeah. We're not We're not in that debate. There maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I can't tell you. Either way, it would be the same. Register today for University of Maryland's Summer Session and keep learning. Earn credits and move fearlessly forward towards graduation. For details, visit summer.umd.edu. It's Ram season, which means it's time to serve with Ram 1500, Ram 3500, and Ram TRX. 
Hurry in now for great deals on the trucks that are built to serve. Right now during Ram season, get 10% below MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Laramie. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. Contact dealer for details. Take retail delivery by 531-23. So maybe, maybe there's hierarchies of gods all the way up. Maybe it's turtles all the way down. I don't know. I can't, I can't prove anything. So I'm just going to work with what I have right here. What if I'm a Baltzman brain? What if I'm just some chunk of fatty meat floating around in a void somewhere and imagining this whole universe? I don't know. There's no way to prove it. That's right. Why? So why assess what you have? Yeah. I know. I know it's a nice day outside here in Maine, and that's that's as real as it gets. Where Where in Maine are you? I mean, you have to give your address, obviously, but I know Maine a little bit. Right in the middle, pretty much. You know. I went yeah, to I, around I, about the Augusta area. Okay. Yeah, I, I've, I've been to Augusta. Port. I went to summer camp in Bangor, Maine. Or, yeah. Uh, Winthrop. But Winthrop, Bangor. I'm not sure which of the camp was actually properly in. Anyway. Uh, I grew up on Cape Cod, so I already had that long-haired, hippie, sneaker-wearing, hacky sack playing dude thing going on in the 80s. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, it, it caught up to you, and then you were already there. You were You were ready for it all along. Yeah, my wife looked at me while we were watching it the first time years ago before I even discovered Dudism. She's like, did they, did they like record you? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I even had crashed my car into several dumpsters by this point. I'm like, really? <laughs> it was preordained. Maybe. Well, yeah. We don't believe yeah. in that, I guess. Or, or you, well, I know you do. And there's no, I, I know that you said there's no dude heaven, there's no dude hell. No, we don't know what happens. We don't know. No one can answer the nature of life. It's, it's, who could? If you can't answer that, you can't answer the nature of death. So just be cool. Yeah, you work with what you got. I mean, you may wake up tomorrow and find out you're Zarkon, the space god, and this was all a dream you were having. You don't know. I, w- I want to differentiate, because you did an excellent job of differentiating between atheistic or non-theistic and a mocking religion and you point out the, the spaghetti monster, which is something I didn't even know what it was until about 10 or 12 years ago where someone much younger than me, you know, pointed out how there's the great spaghetti monsters being painted on billboards. Don't you see it ever? I'm like, not really. But now that, now that I look now I see, but that, that apparently was a cultural phenomenon for a while. And, but that was an example you use. So, you know, maybe if you could uh, retell that here. Yeah. Uh, they form more to make a point, a social point and political um, point about how government was acting towards one religion versus another. So they were like, their claim was, well, if you say it was mostly about teaching creationism in the schools, what generated them. And they were like, well, if you're going to say, you know, it was created this way, there's no, with the same amount of proof that I could say a giant plate of spaghetti created it. <laughs> so it was like a just a quick lark that oh hey the spaghetti monster and so it took off to make this point we're not making that point we are a lifestyle philosophy that can be applied to other philosophies there's a lot of I've met plenty of Buddhists that were also Christian and reverse that when when you get a philosophy and a religion they don't necessarily they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. You know, so yeah, you could be a Buddhist Christian, Buddhist Muslim, Buddhist Buddhist. Uh, there's a 
we're not in conflict because we don't claim any God that you have to say doesn't exist to allow your God to exist. Right. We just don't say anything about God in a, in a dudist way, you know, as dudism. You know, individual dudists have thoughts on this, but dudism itself doesn't say either way if there's a God or no God. It's not pertaining to that question of life. The question we're asking is, how can I live a good, happy, ethical life that's calm and peaceful? So you're a reverend, and I, and on your site there's, you know, one can get ordained. Um, is there, a, you know, is there an actual church? Are there churches? Or, or a, I'm just using that word for any sort of house of worship. Yeah, no, there's no brick and mortar to Judaism right now. We're all this ethereal internet land stuff at the time, at this time. Uh, it's kind of how it works best, I guess. I mean, we eschew too much structure as Dudas. You know, we have to allow for some, one of the things that Dudas do in this world is we are wedding officiants. That sounds, that sounds great. Actually, <laughs> I mean, no one could be more perfect for war because we have no problem with any religion, any gender, any orientation. We have no problems with anybody. So we're perfectly suited to come on over and go, yeah, you and you. Cool. Hook up. You're married. Like, all right. Yeah. The bar? It's over there. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. I know that you uh, you wrote a book and it's called The Incomplete Dudas Priest Handbook. Uh, it's got the. Uh, Sort of a modified yin and yang on it, which is Lao Tzian. Um Tell us a little bit about about this book. Uh, yeah, well, like I was just saying, I, I work for Dudism. I'm I'm the guy behind the scenes when you write to Dudism about your order, or I fulfill all these orders, right? So I get a lot of questions, like, "Oh, I got to do a wedding, and I need this and that. What should I do?" So I, I just kept repeatedly answering all these questions. I'm like, I should put this into a book. And then I'm like, well, that's not much of a book. That's only you know, a handful of pages. So that sat in my head for a few years until I was like, you know what? There's all sorts of lifestyle skills that would be fun to take a look at through a dudist perspective. And that dude should know like how to roll a joint. Every dude should know how to do that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So my, the incomplete dudist priest handbook is the first third is, explaining the philosophy of Judaism. The next third is how to perform weddings, baptisms, any kind of ceremony as a Judist. you know, the philosophy behind it and, you know, certain things that you should pay attention to because I learned this over the years answering all these questions. And then the last part is a look at common and uncommon life skills that we could take a look at through the Judas lens, learn something, and learn something about Judaism at the same time. Uh, one of my favorites, and what actually took me the longest part to write was how not to be eaten by a bear. And mm -hmm. then I put a lot of work into that section. And it's, I hope it's, I hope a park ranger would read it and go, well, this is actually excellent advice. Kind of funny too, but. <laughs> is it better than the advice given in Cocaine Bear? Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I hope to see it soon. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's on Peacock now if you have that, if you have Comcast. Anyway. Uh, no, I, I get so many, and then I'm like, oh, wait, I don't have this one. <laughs> Modern this, world, right? Yes. Well, it, it, it came with Comcast for a while. I'm not sure if they billed me for it now. I just don't look. But anyway, the, the advice they gave you there was, if it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. Yep. 
That's pretty close. And if it's white, uh, just give up. Uh, you brought it. If it's white, it's one of the few times as a dudist, I will say you should have had a gun. <laughs> if you go where the big white ones are, just don't go there first. Yeah. But if you have to, yeah, yeah. Uh, black bears, uh, they're almost never going to prey on you. So it's, it's if it's a male, yeah, fight back. If it's female, just get away. She just just go, you know, look in the eye back up. Right. If it's a grizzly bear, uh, yeah, that's a lot rougher. If it's a female, just hunt her down. She'll beat the crap out of you and run. Go away. If it's a male, he's going to eat you. You got to fight back. Just got to. You have no choice. Okay. And yeah, give all sorts of points on how to do that and how to avoid them in the first place is. Yeah, that, that seems like the best thing, though. Yeah. You know, make noise, you know, watch for where they might be, stuff like that. Don't play with their cubs. Don't feed them. Yeah, oh yeah no, don't do that. No, but yeah, yeah, the polar bears. That, that, that section just said don't. <laughs> basically, right. and if you need to go to a cold, wide area, go to the South Pole. There's no, there's no polar bears in, in Antarctica. The penguins ain't that rough for it. Right. I mean, I won't go in the water. I mean, a seal might bite you. Orcas are everywhere, but you know, uh, yeah, polar bears. No, don't, 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 don't mess around with that stuff. Um, no. Anyway, you're so besides bears and besides rolling a joint, I, I would imagine like conflict resolution or conflict avoidance might be in there. I mean, if you're in a yeah. bar and there's a fight that happens around you, it looks like it's going to happen. Like, what what, what would the just do? Would they try to stop it or would just sort of get out of the way? You can kind of still follow the bear stuff. I, that's, I actually think I equated the two ways of hit, like. Dealing with a bear and dealing with a person at a bar, for say, or just someone's trying to start with is almost the same. I think I did equate those. I don't think I did anything seriously conflict resolution. Okay, did you ever see the it's movie Bullet Train? Huh? Did you ever see the movie Bullet Train? I just watched it. Yeah. Okay, so the David Tyree or Bryvin, it doesn't matter. The, the one of the twins, the hitman, he he reduced every person to a Thomas the Train character personality trait, and it's supposed to be funny and quirky, but it turns out to be almost essentially. And I feel like this might be what you're doing with the bears and equating them yeah. to people. So I'm glad you just saw it because hopefully you you know where I'm going with this. Otherwise, this would have been a long meandering for a dead end. Right. Um, but so yeah, okay. So explain to me the how does the bear thing work with people? Well, some are just, you know, ants being trying to predict something a little scared. If you give them a little room, they're going to go away. Uh, some are just blustery and you can either deflect, you know, avoid, just try and avoid that. They're not going to do you any good. If you have to, if they come at you, you might have to fight back. You know, we're pacifists, but that's nothing to hide behind. Right. You know, and some just stay out of their stay out of their domain. They're just trouble. You, you, you know the places and the people where they're super toxic, and it's just not going to come out good for you, no matter what you do. Do you, you ever meet someone and you get those hackles on the back of your neck? Those oh, yeah. you probably stay away from that. You go give oh. give them a wide berth. Yeah, one time I I looked into one guy's eyes and I was. Uh, construction worker at the time and I never wanted to get off of a three-story built the roof of a three-story building so fast in my life it's right. like I gotta go I looked in his eyes and I'm like no human being is safe up here with him up here and I'm like I gotta go bye 
I, and I learned later, I was completely right. This guy was just trouble. What aside from intuition, what are the telltale signs? Like, do, do you, is there like a, an eye twit? You know, Clint Eastwood always knew who to shoot first, right? You know, how, how do you how do you know which which is the 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 ant, which is the which is the grizzly, which is the the black bear? I think they're all imprecise unless it's completely obvious. That was like a completely obvious thing. I could see a wild look in his eye. It's a look past you, through you, into you kind of look. My dad could do it on command. It was freaky. You just give you this. It's, it's a weird look that reduces you to nothing but an object in the way. You can sense they they have no sense of humanity when they look at you. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put myself a, an expert at that, especially if you talked to my friends before. I was a dudist. And, all the stories of me coming flying out of the bar with a pizza in the air following me. <laughs> so, well, well, at least you know. got the pizza. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, I still got the damn pizza. Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some, there's some dude success there. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, like I said, a lot of us start off as Walters and find our way here. You know, I'm a war veteran and all that, so literally started as a Walter. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, your, your, your handle is the shipping dude. And I assume that's because you're, you're the one that takes care of all the logistics at whatever serves as a back office. Uh, the, your show is called the limber mind. And so, uh, you know, if it's not obvious by now, how does the limber mind fit in with dudism? Uh, that's, that's kind of, well, it started as like, I needed to call myself something when I took the, it's a subcontractor job with all these dudism. So. I need to call myself something. I was like, that's a good one. And I was like, I have things to say that may or may not be straight up dudism. You know, like, you know, dudism is one thing, but you can compartmentalize and have personal opinions outside of it on things that don't speak to dudism or how you relate to dudism. So I wanted to have a little voice of my own and, you know, expand on that idea. Help explain dudism without getting it too officially just i'm just some other dumbass dude out here doing my thing so take it or leave it there's no shortage yeah. of, a, of us out there just you know do, do, yeah. doing things in the ether all right there was there was there was a post there and i purposely did not look at it because i wanted to hear it for the first time from you because there was something in like dudism and she hulk oh yeah no uh in the in the she hulk series in the finale, they had a dude, a guy wearing a duded sweater, you know, the dude's uh, Pendleton sweater, uh-huh. westerly, am I right around the corner here? And he was wearing it, but in a decidedly, on a decidedly undue character, because he was part of a He-Man woman haters club right. thing going on. So uh, I just took it and ran with it for fun. You know, uh, Marvel, why are you playing us like this? You had the dude in the first movie, Jeff Bridges was... In the first Iron Man, he's in the MCU, you know, and then you reference him in Endgame when uh, Stark says to Thor, out of the way, Lebowski, which puts a weird <laughs> thing into the MCU because Jeff Bridges is a character in the MCU, but he's also an actor in the MCU who's in a movie, so it's a little weird, Yes, but, but that's whatever. Obadiah Stane was definitely not a dudist, though. Uh, no, I, I, I actually didn't. It took me a little bit to go, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. That's fucking Jeff Bridges. Yeah. You know, 
And that was just amazing. He blew me away in that being Obadiah. I'm like, he's, I met Jeff. He's not like that at all. I would hope that. He's a lot like the dude. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm that, so did you meet Jeff by coincidence or did he seek you out or did you seek him out? How'd that happen? Uh, we were both at a Zen Peacemakers Symposium. I kind of went there because he was there, formed a relationship with the Zen Peacemakers, just chatted with them a little while ago. And, uh, yeah, so. Does he know I, Dudism I, I exists? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yes, he certainly does. Uh, I talked to his wife and him and we, we were at a Zen thing and oh, it was a good time. Yeah. Well, his new show, The Old Man, is a, it's it's quite good. Um, is he is he just like cool, or is he like interested? Is he invested in it? Well, he's got a, he's he's kind of he's doing it through the Buddhism too. We're on a similar path, so he's like, yeah, he takes this far out. He's like, that's far out. I, listen, I, I don't know a lot about Buddhism, and like frankly, I don't know a lot about Buddhism, but I probably know a little bit more about Buddhism, and I don't know. I, I sort of like Buddhism more. Yeah, the, whole well, Dude, yeah. the whole Buddhism, life is suffering, is like, yeah, it, it's like, yeah, yeah all right. That, that, yeah, that. They, they put a lot of work, make you put in a lot of work to get back to where you start is, well, yeah, life is suffering, but there's a, there's a way, yeah, you have to get to like the third noble truth before the suffering stops with them. And we're like, yeah, sure, it sucks. Here, have a beer. And yeah. so we start off a little, a little gentler, bring it right in. Yeah, yeah just mark up. We'll, we'll get through this. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like the advanced course by not taking the course. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're the ones in the back of the class who pass the test, but don't do the homework. Right. <laughs> right. That's, we all know those guys and gals. Yeah. And dude is absolutely gender neutral. Yeah, so if you're one of those people, come on down. You might like like our little community. That's the best part about Dudism. It's like Dudas, fucking best man. Any of our pages, you go there, you know, you see just amazing, empathetic, caring, intelligent people. You know, using sound philosophy to work through personal and social issues. That's just great. Everybody's so supportive. How is it, you? Well, actually, first of all, I was just, I mean, this must be international because obviously the, 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 I think you said Oliver Benjamin, it was, uh, in Thailand. So, uh, in how many countries is there some type? I know Dudism is almost definitely, definitionally informal, but in how many countries would you say that there's a Dudist following? I've mailed to pretty much every country on the planet. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last few years, real slow out of Russia, uh-huh. China and Russia, they're real slow because they get the clamp down on the internet. But yeah, you know, and, and real popular in Germany and the UK, Ireland, Dudas priests outnumber Irish pre, uh, Catholic priests. Technically, there's more Dudas right. priests because most people who are Dudas become a priest. So. But technically, we outnumber uh, Irish Catholic priests in Ireland. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, I mail uh, 30 or 40 orders a day. Wow, that's terrific. Yeah. What about like North Korea? North Korea, no, no, nothing yeah. there, sorry. South Korea, absolutely. Sure. Uh, I probably send four or five a year. Cuba? Cuba? Nope. No. Suriname? Huh? Suriname? Well, now you're digging. 
Maybe. Of course, of course, I'm going to dig. This is the Garden of Doom. I'm trying, trying to think of like, like the Congo, the Democratic. I'm trying to think of countries that are yeah, like in. I've done in, that. I remember doing Democratic okay. Republic of Congo twice now. All right, I'm not going to just keep listing countries and ask you yes or no because I, I've listened to shows where uh, they now do that. A lot more where it's going to be yep, 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 yep. But yeah, the big ones are like Russia, China, North Korea, any place where they don't have really free societies, you won't find it. But any place with a really free society. It's either growing or slowly growing. How about stands? Like, well, like Afghanistan, Turkmenistan, yeah, yep. Pakistan. Oh yeah, I just sent two to Pakistan. This is terrific. I, this, yeah, I got nowhere. Literally all over the world. Or mostly sure in the U.S., but at this point, I think we're closing in on eight hundred or a million, eight hundred thousand or a million ordained Buddhists in the world. Nice. So, and I was just in a random thread on Facebook now and for some reason it attracted a bunch of us do this there was like four of us and this just randomly showed up in a thread I mean four of us it was a little weird I'm like wow what are the what's the numbers at now if there's four of us just randomly popping up in something that has nothing to do to do with dudism so I mean obviously you said the United States is this the largest uh, right now customer well call of, of dudism um or consumer uh, not necessarily in a monetary way just you know uh, adopting it it's hard like this show we don't really get into politics when we can avoid it and you know but does dudism eschew politics or or, or uh, you know like do you take positions on gun control or or i mean i imagine that the, the dudism is obviously you know pro-legalization of marijuana. I mean, that one seems pretty yeah, obvious. That's an but, easy one, yeah. yeah. But, like, uh, what's your stand on, like, cocaine, I, you know, or, or fentanyl or whatever, or do you not really get into stuff like that? Uh, well, officially, as a dudist, not really get into too much of that. I mean, dudism is a philosophy, not a, not a politics. Right. It's not a political ideology. It's a philosophical ideology. You wouldn't be a 501c4. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be, you're not lobbying for anything. No, we're not trying for that. I mean, if we set up any actual, if, you know, say I start a charity, which I'd love to do, that might be a non-profit. But what we're doing right now is we're not a non-profit. We're not directly helping anybody, even though we are helping people. Well, it's people I mean, Buddhism. listen, in, in, in the real world, I'm a lawyer. A church in and of itself is is a, is a 501c3, so you could be if you wanted to. It doesn't, doesn't mean you have to. It doesn't feel right yet. Okay. Hey, listen, I I am not trying to change the mind of a dude, and if and if uh, you all want to pay your taxes, uh, you know, cool. We, Man, you know, we're, we're like the rest of y'all. We're not, we're not special. Yeah. But, oh, I, I can assure you in the world of 501c3s, there's plenty of people who uh, who probably shouldn't qualify for that, but uh, I will uh, leave that one. Well, actually, in my, in my part of my other world is uh, uh, pro wrestling, believe it or not, and uh, the Million Dollar Man, uh, both of his kids have been indicted for federal fraud uh, using church money. Uh, well, they well, use federal true. money through their uh, church-based charities. Does a show based on a pseudo-realistic, non-realistic thing might be a little questionable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's fun. It's dramatic. <laughs> that, right, it, it, except when you were supposed to be by paying for low-income housing and instead, right. you know, made yourself rich. But anyway, that, that, that's neither here nor there. Um, and yeah, and, and most political things we stay out of. I mean, we're very much in, we're 
a lot of libertarians like us because there's a serious libertarian bent to it, but it's not that unfettered free for all libertarianism that you know has grown up in the U.S. and certain cultures. Right. It's, it's a little bit something you know also popularly socialist because of the non-materialistic and you know the empathetic nature of it. So it really just comes down to what policies we, we look at policies based on philosophy and ethical hedonism. What's going to create the most joy for the most people without not needlessly harming any. Uh, sometimes you need to harm people, you know, there's an argument to be made for stopping a terrorist, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to do a lot more good in the end. It becomes a, then you get sucked into utilitarianism. And it just gets harder and harder from there. Uh, nobody likes an ethics philosopher. There's no real answers. Oh well, that's the fun of philosophy, isn't it? Is, yeah. is to, you could never at, at some level you have to find the existential crisis. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you can be a science absolutist or you can be a religious absolutist, but at the end of the day, you still have to figure out what what caused the big bang or what caused the word. You know, it's it's right. it's hard to distinguish at some point. Just like just like uh, uh, socialism and fascism, is some there's one supposed to be on the right, one supposed to be on the left, but you know, at, when they meet in the in the omega, yeah, he goes so far, he went so far. <laughs> Right, he turned left. Exactly right. Yeah, it's a place where. Yeah, I mean, I personally, through my Dunedin philosophy, try and reach across, try and debate. Like I can't stand listening to people who agree with me politically. Right. I just, I just can't take it. I'm like, yes, yes, I know. Yes, yes, I know. You told Frank. He told me. Blah blah. (laughs) I want to talk to someone who has a completely different idea and either learn more about my own idea or theirs or. Maybe even persuade them to see the world differently. Is there sort of um, an archetype of who would be attracted to do? Is there like sort of like careers to do and careers of the like? I I would like I'm a lawyer, so I would think the lawyers would be terrible at dudism. Um, you know, is that just a myth? You know, is that just uh, I, I just think, made it up? <laughs> I think we have a few lawyers that are there because you know seeking balance. You're asked to do a lot of questionable things, and you have to find a way to deal with that. It's an important job, so you can't just stop. So it might be good for lawyers. I don't know. Um, it might be. No particular thing. You think we get a lot of slackers, but everybody's. It's not about not doing anything and slacking. It's about doing things that are authentic and real. Mm-hmm. We're not materialistic, but we're also not this kind of thing where you have to take a vow of poverty or right. something. You know, everybody has their comfort levels. And it's not so much how much money you make. It's, how you make it and what you do with it right. that matters. So it's not full of starving artists, but there may be artists there, but they, they you know, make a living, whatever whatever their version of a living is. Right. Uh, a lot of people fairly affluent like it too. So, you know, it helps balance them out, maybe pushes them into a more empathetic and generous nature. And that's great. I mean, if you're a rich person who's generous and kind, I mean, who, who's going to begrudge Paul Rudd of having some millions? I'm sure he's doing wonderful things with a lot of it. Right. You know? I don't know. Is Paul Rudd a dudist? I don't know. He he could fit right in. <laughs> okay. He's uh, got that. He's got that. Uh, that vibe. He that could. He could. Non threatening, but I'm here to, you know, like the dude isn't a coward. He's, That's true. He's not. He, he walks into situations. He's just doing it in a bathrobe. Yeah, he's he's there. To, he's trying to save the kidnapped woman. He's trying to 
help. He's helping his landlord, even though he owes him money. He's helping his friend through some issues. So he's available. It's not like you have to be some sort of monk hiding out, smoking weed and avoiding work at all costs. No, there's important work that should be done. It's just, it should be authentic and you should be sincere about wanting to do it. And it should be ethical, is what we say. What should I have asked you that I haven't asked you, or or what is begs a question that that I wouldn't come up with that that you feel the world needs to know about dudism? Okay, uh, we don't have do debt. There's no we're the most gender orientation sexuality blind. We literally have nothing to do with it. Doesn't matter to a dudist. Dude is dude is dude. Right. Now, we don't have nuns. We don't have a women's auxiliary corps. Uh, we have no weird sex laws. But, you know, as long as it's non-harmful, have at it, you know, a natural zesty affair, go for it. Have fun. You know, I don't care if you're married, unmarried, what your gender is, doesn't matter. You know, just as long as it's not harmful, you know, obviously don't you know, rape or you know, involve eight-year-olds or something, you know? Yeah. That's not cool, dude. But yeah. any legitimate, kind, affectionate sex, it's available. So, yeah, we're the most gender-blind, egalitarian, in that sense, religions on the planet. Well, that is good. How, you know, I don't think I ever fully got the answer. How, how does something become recognized as a religion versus, you know, a cult, a movement, a philosophy? Like, how does who? Like, who is out there? Who's the religion, uh, you know, authority that says, you are now a religion? That's never been solved, actually, because, I mean, we're a religion in the same sense that Buddhism is a religion, mm-hmm. another non-theistic religion, Taoist, Confucianism, you know, Epicureanism, which was wiped out early on in, you know, 2000, about 2,000 years ago, was also a non-theistic worldview, philosophy, slash religion. So it, it really depends on your definition of religion. Do you require a deity? Do you require metaphysics? And not all religions do. So it's a community with shared values and rituals. That's how I describe what a religion is. It's, it's a community of people who have shared values, rituals, and mythologies. Is there any like typhine or anything language? like that? Huh? Is there any typhine or anything like that? I, no. 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 I didn't think we, so. We, we sell stuff because people like to have stuff and it's fun. Right. And it helps keep the church going. But yeah, no, we don't. You can donate. We're not going to turn your money away. But no, we're not asking for it directly. No. Right. If we do something special like, oh, here's a website and something we did for you all. If you could leave 10 bucks, that'd be great for us to help us make another one or whatever. But yeah, no tithing. No, you don't owe us anything. Do you have like conferences or conventions or do you like meet a Coachella? <laughs> you know? uh, not currently. Uh, I mean, right now it's me and Ollie keeping our, you know, thumb on the plate to feel the temperature. We, you know, we interact with Dudas all the time so that we know what's going on with Dudism. It's, it's a pretty self-contained philosophy. It doesn't really need people. It's for people, but it, it, it exists. That's why it keeps coming up now. Why they 
it's like you know we all sit around and think we just came up with a whole new philosophy it's original and you know this happened to me i'm like i i think i figured it out i have a philosophy that's wonderful and then i discovered it was buddhism i'm like damn it (laughs) (laughs) and this is what it is it just keeps popping up you know it's like you know this guy thought of it this guy thought of it that guy thought of it look at all these people who thought of this abiding philosophy of just Going with the flow, taking it easy, not pushing too hard, being kind and ethical, and but about joy and happiness, you know, you know, because you get you get some of the ethics teachers like Kellogg who started the cereal company. He was like, "Oh, you know, you can't be good unless you're suffering, right. unless you're miserable and deny yourself everything that's good in life." No, <laughs> that, that can't be right. That's what we say. That can't be right. You should be able to go out and enjoy life without causing harm you should be able to have fun with yourself you, you like bowling go bowling i like dnd that's my bowling I, you know that's what i do to pass the time i think that's very depressing that the guy who invented apple jacks and fruit loops and sugar smacks you know had such a dim view of life i mean he brings so much joy i mean he, yeah it's like that whole like he started that whole thing where they were putting the cages on little kids' hands so they couldn't touch their privates. Oh, my goodness. And first of all, why were you thinking that? And second of all, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's like a, that's an extreme idea no matter what. I mean, you don't actually go blind. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, come on, relax. Let the kid do it just till he needs glasses, my dad uses that. I only did it till I needed glasses. Yeah, well, uh, this is a... I, I, I'm divorced, and obviously my, my kids are older now. My my youngest is close to 20. Anyway, so the the first... Uh, my father was helping my uh, ex-wife change a, change a diaper, and... Um, my, you know, the baby, he was, uh, you know, it might've been a month old, three months old, whatever. He's, you know, playing with his wanker. And, and my ex-wife goes to him, when's he going to stop doing that? And my father's like, when he's 90 or dead? Like, yeah. Yeah, when, you, when he dies? <laughs> right. It slows down over time, but yeah, I'm pretty, uh, my sisters have all worked in nursing homes. I know. And it doesn't stop. No, I do. You end up in the same place. <laughs> you open your diaper, you're playing with it. Right. And, and having diapers changed. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a terrible fucking thing, but that's the cycle of the circle of life. That's right. All of Benjamin Button, you know, this oh, yeah. the in-between. The whole thing is the in-between. If somebody yeah, that's wa- what it is. It's all a journey. If somebody wants, journey. If somebody wanted to get involved in Dudism, how do they go about doing that? Oh, super simple. Just come on down to dudism.com. Spelled the way it sounds. Yeah. D-U-D-E-I-S-M. That's dot great. com. And the and the YouTube channel is it is it called the Limber Mind? Like if someone wants to subscribe. Yeah, that's the Limber Mind. Uh, you just punch that in, you'll find my website, you'll find links to my book, you'll find uh, my YouTube channel. And they're also available on the Dudism site. It's a it's a deep site that Ollie's got like something like 60 different pages in there and all sorts of fun things and history and information. And you can get ordained, you can order your stuff. We're always adding cool new stuff to the store. That's great. Yeah, no, I, I watched the YouTube stuff. I have to tell you, the, one, the ones I saw were, they were between six and 10 minutes and they're very entertaining. And sometimes Gary is having a conversation with perhaps himself off camera, you know, asking deep questions like if they can only see me from my, uh, what, you know, my shoulders up, why do I need to be wearing pants? Which, you well, know. This is, uh, 
you know on the half of those news programs they gotta be butt naked under that table. Uh, I could be right now. I mean, you know, same thing. Yeah, you they, just don't know. You can only see me from, from yeah, from the chest up. It's like, you know, I'll wear a shirt. Yeah, I'll brush my hair. But, who, you know, underneath I could be Cthulhu. I could, you know, be an octopus now. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm not even sure you exist. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the, whole, that's the whole Matrix thing. Like you said, everyone's like, do you think we live in a synchronization or a simulation? And I guess the dude answers, what difference does it make? You, 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 if, if it is, you can't control it. So just, you know. Chill out, have a good time. I got a bowling game tonight at eight, so as long as it lasts past that, then we're good. Yeah, can we? That's the dude's answer. Yeah, can we simulate a few more strikes? (laughs) Okay. As a simulation, I get to check my character's stats. That sums it off. Yes. Can 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 we simulate better pizza at the bowling alley? (laughs) I mean, that's that's what I'd like to do. But yeah, Yeah. that's I I had someone ask me goes, you know, because the whole thing now is like, are we in a simulation? Uh, You know, it's it's like it's like. What difference does it make? What, what, right. what, what, what are you going to do about it if we are? I mean, so, right. so, so why, you, why, why are you worried about it? You, you, you're still either you're living a real life or you're, or you're somebody's, you know, video game character. It's not like Free Guy, the movie, which was a great movie, but it's not like you yeah. can go out and like, you know, you know, change it and manipulate the simulation. They, yeah. they, they got this. So yeah, you're not Morpheus. Relax, buddy. Just <laughs> enjoy that's your right. steak. That's right. Maybe somebody's Morpheus. I haven't met him yet. He, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm the opposite of Snoop Dogg. I ain't he and he ain't I. <laughs> maybe, maybe Snoop Dogg can take us there. I'm not so sure about maybe, that. Maybe, maybe Snoop Dogg is Morpheus. You just have to sit with him with that one joint one time. Maybe. I'm thinking that Snoop Dogg... To the universe. Maybe Snoop Dogg's a, a dudist. Yeah, he could be. Yeah, I could get the vibe. He does have the vibe. He could, he could absolutely be a dude. So he does have a WWE championship title belt. So I don't know if that does that. Uh, that, that kind of, uh, nobody knows what the dude did for money. So he might have been a wrestler even for all we know. That's right. Nobody did know what the dude did for money. I mean, he, he didn't live extravagantly, but he had money. He was, you know, he's being yeah. charitable. Yeah, he, was, he was doing things. He he could afford bowling and beer. and he, it, His drink of choice sure wasn't cheap. So... Yeah, he, he had some money from somewhere, so but we just don't know where. What was his drink of choice? Uh the white Russian. Oh, okay. Asian. Is that is that your drink of choice also or no? No, I'm a bourbon guy. Bourbon mm-hmm. and beer. Okay. Yeah, I've well, I've heard you mention beer a lot of times, but you know, it's probably easy and safe. It doesn't offend anyone really. I'm a yeah. Okay, yeah, so sorry. well yeah, it used to be used to be you could bring up beer and everybody would coalesce around this common cause now i'm like wondering what the hell's going on in this world yeah what yeah. beer is dividing us that's a sure sign of the apocalypse coming right now it might that that it might be is. that could be the seventh seal it, i mean the sumerians their whole foundational myth is that you know a god and goddess got together and gave us beer and that's how he, that's how civilization started in the first place and that's the oldest stuff out there going well, some of their oldest writing from back there were bills of lading about barley, you know, wheats and beer. And and right. the funny thing is, and I don't know how true this is, but I assume it is because I've heard it many times from many different sources that apparently it was like just like now that the, the, that the supervisor couldn't read or write and the guy under him was 
embezzling. He was he was skimming off the top. So they'd say that they had a hundred you know barrels of beer, mead, you know, and then on the other side, you know, eighty seven would be delivered, and the supervisor would just sign off on it because that's all he could do. So there was somebody, right. sk- or maybe or maybe the supervisor was in on it. Maybe they were they were both skimming off the top in concert, and. Uh, yeah, humans have been like this for approximately the last 50,000 years. So whatever we're doing, they were doing, it's in a different zone. Just a cuneiform. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's entirely likely that the first two crops that caused human beings to settle down were cannabis and beer. I mean, humans stopped being animals wandering the savanna because they figured out how to party. It, it, it could be. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. So um, that brings me to what is really popular these days. And, you know, we've gone from weed to now everyone, you know, magic mushrooms is the next thing. And But, like, peyote has been obviously in First Nations law forever. But now everyone's like, ayahuasca this, ayahuasca that, you know, DMT, I guess, is the, the new genre. Like, you know... Does Judaism embrace any of those things, or is it just like, hey, as long as it's safe and you're not hurting anyone, go for it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're obliged. I mean, the dude mentioned that he had the occasional flashback referring to acid. Sure. And I also like, there's a uh, Sam Harris quote I really like, and that's he's talking about how be shame for a human to die without ever tripping at least once. <laughs> and I think that, I think it is important to. The human experience, the breaking down of all the barriers to sense what an interconnected reality this really is. It's hard to it's hard to imagine not doing that from my perspective. Because yeah, I have had several flashbacks involving several different substances. I'm a big fan of psychotropics and uh, theogens. Not a fan of opiates. What's an theogen? Uh, it's a drug that leads to a sense of seeing God. Ooh. Um, what would be an example? Uh, well, marijuana is a real light-duty one, but yeah, acid, LSD, psilocybin, all the good trippy drugs. No, maybe not. That, oh, I can't, uh, damn, I just forgot the name of that. Opium? Common flower that you can smoke and it gets you really trippy for about six minutes oh i don't know glue <laughs> glue yeah that's maybe no that's just that's just shutting down brain reactor <laughs> yeah okay so that's that's no good um all right well i think that that's that's i think that's probably true you should free your mind just like the great philosophers in vogue taught us you know for, free your mind you know, yeah. yeah again in a safe place Someplace where you're not going to get hurt or hurt anyone else. Uh, yeah, I, you shouldn't mess with that, but it should. If you have the chance, in a safe way. I, and I've been told that if it's with some of the something that you are not used to, it's more of the First Nation stuff that you should absolutely have a guide and somebody who knows what they're doing because you yeah. you have no idea what a good dosage is for you is, and, and like you shouldn't even like try ayahuasca. You've got to you know, build up, and there's a, a certain combination. Yeah. It's it could be like like eating a blowfish without cutting it the right way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you get you don't want to jump into the deep end of the pool right away. Yeah. No. Okay. No, yeah. No your whole sense of identity and reality suddenly get turned upside down if you know it's like uh i haven't never did it but they say the same thing about uh, pcp it's more about who you are 
before you take it than what it is. Because if you've got problems and you take something like PCB, apparently you're going to have really big problems. But if you're a happy-go-lucky person, it seems like they just have a good time. Yeah, so fine. it really matters where you are in your journey before you start messing with substances that are going to change the way your mind works. It's the same with booze, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. No, so I just more calories. Because I was in a bad place for it, you know. Tragedy, tragedy, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. And part of my journey to get into be a dudist. But, yeah. You can't, you can't mess with mind-altering stuff that are, that potentially could go bad for you. All right. I mean, we you, almost nobody ever has a problem, period. Well, you alluded to it earlier, and now that we've been talking for an hour and we're, we're old friends, what what battle zone were you in? What war did you serve in? Oh, uh, Desert Storm. Desert Storm. I mean, I know you're not old enough for Vietnam, so, you know. No, not quite. We had a few Vietnam vets with us. Well, yeah. I, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that may be, you know, that, that one went well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it did. It worked. Yeah. I mean, I certainly didn't come any, under any direct fire. I mean, I well, did have a scud get blown up right over us by the Patriot missile system. Thank you, Patriot. Uh, yeah, great missile. Can't recommend it any more than I do. <laughs> I'll tell you what. From it was an amazing show. I mean, we all came out of our tent and all these explosions in the sky because you hear the Patriots take it off. So you hear the boom, boom. And then you go out of your tent, you look up, and there's a streaking missile and two missiles go flying into it big thing explodes and everybody's out inside the tent going ooh ah <laughs> like it's the fireworks and someone goes hey that shit's falling yeah <laughs> and then the whole camp i jumped into the back of a pickup truck as it drove by me that's how we all went oh yeah that's right and got the hell out of there well that's a dude move right there <laughs> yeah it was it was it was just odd an odd sensational Oh, yeah, look at that. Look at that rocket. It, it Just like fireworks. I mean, the Patriot missiles look like bottle rockets going right into it. Well, that might be the last time pretty much the entire world agreed on everything. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and yeah. I think. I, I say they shouldn't have got, you know, it's the only war that went well, and it's the only war I went to, so I do the math, you know. You know oh, you me. there you go. Coincidence? I think not. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah, very good. Is a correlation? Is a causation? We don't know. That that's one of those yeah. questions that can never be answered. That's right. That is right. So, yeah. I, I want to ask you yeah, another question, but I completely forgot it. Um, which is the wonderful. That's that's awesome. Professional uh, hosting right there. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've taken a, a secondhand smoke. So would the would the song "Mellow Yellow" be a good outro, or like you know what would be uh, an outro that you would recommend? Oh, that Kenny. Uh, Roger's song, uh, check, like, check in what condition my condition is in. I, I know the song. I, I don't, I didn't know if it was Kenny Rogers, but I know that there's lots of versions of it. But you, uh, you're, you're not married to any version of, uh, or do you want the Kenny Rogers check? What condition? I'm not married to any of it now. I'm, I prefer, I prefer the bluesy Motown version of, uh, of my BRA too. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, but if you had a strong preference, I mean, you're the guest. Guest rules. That's yeah, that's, that's 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 one of my rules. Okay, good. Meh. Your pronoun is meh. I got it. My pronoun, yeah. His pronoun yeah, is meh. I don't know. Whatever you want. Helicopter. I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> still mean no matter what you call me. So it doesn't matter. It, indeed it is. I, I think the world might be a better place if there were a whole lot more dudas out there. Um, that's the point. We're trying to get to you know, a critical level of 2%. 
of the population being Judas, and that should just about save the world. Excellent. The two percent. Uh, okay, the two percent rule. That's nice. Yeah, and that uh, coincidence. That's the only kind of milk I can, you know, really tolerate is two percent milk. One percent, not so much. But anything more than that, anything less than that. Eh. So maybe we're onto something there as well. Two percent. So that's there you the, go. So everyone, definitely look into Judaism. Check it out if you're interested. Join the join the the church. Join the religion. Uh, buy the book. Pick up the book uh, and maybe get ordained because it, it seems like it's extremely egalitarian. I'm, I'm definitely going to look at. I, I just, uh, in all seriousness, I you know this this is not a joke, and I don't I don't think that I'm there yet. But like compared to where I was ten years ago, much closer to being dude like than then. But I'm 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 definitely not there. I really and I understand. And I don't want to be like the you know make something into the big spaghetti monster. It's not the big spaghetti monster. So. Uh, but hopefully in another five or ten years, I might, I might just get there. Especially talking to uh, people who are less, in, you know, less intense about you know things, and you know, unfortunately with a show called Garden, well, not unfortunately, it's my show. I can go whatever direction I want, but you know, it's uh, you know, I do talk to a lot of people who are very intense about a lot of things. I mean, that, that's you know, and it's you know, it's sort of self fulfilling prophecy with Garden of Doom, which the 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 name really didn't have anything to do with that. It's it's a it's a any long-time listener of the show has heard the origin story, and then they probably don't want to hear me say it again, so I'll spare them of it. Um, but it just is. It's just something that, you know, like you said, the show is what it is. I'm not going to change the name. The, the pronoun is Garden of Doom, but if you want to call it Garden of Dude for for today, that's fine. And that today, will, Today's episode was Garden of Dude. T- today's episode is absolutely going to be Garden of Dude. I actually just decided that yesterday, which was, you know, it wasn't a hard decision to make. Sometimes... Yeah. Sometimes something in the show, uh, you know, hits and says, you got to change that. But nope, it, it still works. All right. Well, that's the thing is, Judaism is always about fun and having a good time. Just have a laugh, man. That's, a, that's right. Just be, you know, like, don't need nothing but a good time. A little bit like poison, but you know, just just take down the hairspray a little bit. Yep. All right. What? Anything, anything that you want to leave us on? You want to remind us about that website again, or or anything where they can, any books they can pick up or merch? Uh, just it, just start the journey through Dudism.com. It, it leads everywhere. It's a it's a rabbit hole, but it's a well lit, fun, happy rabbit hole to go following down. I, well, I can tell you, as someone who started and watched a bunch of the YouTube videos and read some stuff, it's fun. I mean, they're, 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 you have absolutely zero to lose in doing so. So I'm going to thank the good Reverend Gary M. Sylvia for joining us. Look into Dudism. Everyone, thank you for tuning into this very special episode of Garden of Doom. We've, we've had a couple. We've had Garden of Light. We've had Garden of Hope. We, you know, it's 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 not always Doom. We, we we try to put, you know, enough garden in there to keep some balance between our flora and our, our fauna. We need sunlight, too. Um, so... Yeah, everyone check that stuff out. Thank you. Give a review. Subscribe to his channel, The Limber Mind on YouTube. Um, Yeah, it's not going to take a lot of time out of your day, and it may just uh, make you chuckle a couple times. I I chuckled out loud a few times uh, when when he was being intentionally funny. Um, And that's always a good thing. So, everyone, give us a rating and review. Refer the show to your friends, and we thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week in the Garden of Doom. Yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in I found my mind in a brown paper bag But then 
I told my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Deep dark hole and then I followed it in I watched myself crawling out as I was crawling in I got up so tight I couldn't unwind I saw so much I broke my mind I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in Thank you. 